Salutations, listeners. Welcome to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. We will cure whatever ails you. And we have a very, very, very special episode in store for you today. For today's subject, we're going to be talking about the California Ramblers and their saga. Now, many of you, even seasoned jazz folk, may ask yourself, just who in the hell are the California Ramblers and what makes them so important? Well, the California Ramblers were many different bands kind of wrapped up in one. And it includes many, many, many just giants of early jazz. I mean, we're talking about Red Nichols, and we're talking about Adrian Rolini, and Benny Goodman, and Glenn Miller, and Pee Wee Russell, and Jack Teagarden, Jack Teagarden's brother, Charlie Teagarden, in fact, um, Kate Smith, Bill Napoleon, Miff Mole, the great trombone player, and uh, Tommy Dorsey, Jimmy Dorsey, uh, tons, I mean, tons of great musicians. And there's a lot of connections that we're going to be talking about. So, let's get to the first track by the California Ramblers called Show Me the Way to Go Home. Thank you. 
about an hour ago, and it's gone right to my head. Wherever I may roam, on land or sea or foam, you can always hear me singing this song. Show me the way to go home. Yeah, show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. <laughs> Had a little drink about an hour ago and it's gone straight to my head. You know, I don't know why, but I can remember my grandfather kind of singing this song when I was a kid, you know. And it's as soon as I heard that recording of the, the California Ramblers, I'm like, that's the song. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about the California Ramblers and their saga today. So I want to go ahead and give you kind of some intro so you'll understand what we're going to be doing this episode of the Dr. Jazz podcast. The California Ramblers, as you know, I'm looking up information here, and they recorded hundreds of songs for various labels, record labels, throughout the whole 1920s, right? Um, and four members of that band, Red Nichols on trumpet, Jimmy Dorsey, on clarinet and saxophone, Tommy Dorsey on trombone, and Adrian Rolini, who we've talked about in past podcasts, who is not only a bass sax player, but a vibraphonist, all went on to lead their own kind of bands in later decades. So that's important because all four of those are major figures in, in early jazz. Um, the band, the California Ramblers, was formed in 1920, and Ed Kirkaby was their agent. Now, if you're not sure that name, or that name may even sound slightly familiar, Ed Kirkaby was also Fats Waller's manager, and in fact wrote a book based on a biography of Fats Waller called Ain't Misbehavin'. Now, here's the crazy part. Talk about smoke and mirrors. The California Ramblers were not from California. They were actually from Ohio, but they chose the name California Ramblers because they thought that that would sound more exotic, more cool, you know, since there was a whole, you know, adventure out west sort of mentality at that time. They didn't think that the Ohio Ramblers, you know, <laughs> would sound uh, so bold and, and engaging, so they chose California Ramblers. And <laughs> they, they, even though they were from Ohio, and even though they were called the California Ramblers, <laughs> it was the Ramblers Inn in Pelham, New York, that was named the rambling part of the California Ramblers. And that hotel, the Ramblers Inn in New York, actually became their kind of home base. So... <laughs> I know it's confusing, but see if you can catch up. This is why I thought this would be a perfect episode for the Dr. Jazz podcast. We're going to tear this thing apart like an onion, layer by layer. So here's a group of guys from Ohio and calling themselves the California Ramblers, even though none of them were from California, and their home base was a hotel in the state of New York. Okay? Okay. So... 
The band, of course, was instantly, you know, just off the charts because it had the Dorsey brothers, Adrian Rolini and Red Nichols. So they're going to be awesome. Um, and then they started recording a lot. And they recorded for Vocalion Records in late uh, 1921. And then in early 1922, the frontman for the Ramblers, who was a violinist called Oscar Adler, told Ed Kirkaby that he was going to take over as the band's manager and that they would no longer be needing Kirkaby's services. Well, what they didn't realize is that Kirkaby was, he had a lot of clout, you know, and he was part of the old B.F. Keith kind of circuit, and he basically blackballed the California Ramblers from playing in various restaurants in New York's restaurants in New York, as well as dance halls, theaters, etc. Right. So by the end of 19, oh no, I'm sorry. By the end of March in 1922, the original band had broken up, and they made their last recording in March 16th. That's what it says here. Yeah, 1922 for Arto Records. Okay. Now the banjo player for the Ramblers. And that was Ray Kitchenman went back to talk to Ed Kirkaby and asked if the band could be reformed and suggested that uh, the band play at, you know, Stan- Shanley's Dance Hall. Um, and basically they had a new violinist on hand, the one who told Kirkaby that he was going to be their manager. They basically got rid of him. And Kirkaby agreed, and this new version of the California Ramblers made their first recording in April. So less than a month, there was a great turnover, you know, and then they recorded this new version of the California Ramblers for Emerson records. Then in 1924, that's when the California Ramblers, this version of the California Ramblers really hit it big time because they signed with Columbia records. Okay. And then with Ed Kirkaby as their manager again, agreed to waive all royalties to Columbia in order to record for other record companies. Now, I know that sounds crazy because usually you always hear these stories about how musicians never get the royalties, you know, and blah, 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 blah. No, in this instance, the California Rambler sat there and said, no, we're going to give you all the royalties. We just want paid for the sessions because we want to record for other record companies under other pseudonyms and did they ever they recorded for nearly every independent label in not only the United States but also in Britain and in Canada and they used over 100 aliases so what we're going to hear today on the Dr. Jazz podcast is the California Ramblers, the University Six, the Varsity Eight, the Five Birmingham Babies, the Vagabonds, the Golden Gate Orchestra, the Little Ramblers, the Goofus Five, the Charleston Chasers, another version of the California Ramblers, and just various records from each of these groups. So I'm sorry and I apologize for the very long intro, but I figure that we should go ahead and kind of set this record straight. And that's what we're talking about today 
is the saga of the California Ramblers. So what we heard first was Show Me the Way to Go Home. And now we're going to hear a 1927 recording from the University Six called Manhattan Mary. That was Manhattan Mary by the University Six. Not the greatest sound quality, but you can still hear that the band is very tight. Another selection from the University Six, another pseudonym of the California Ramblers, is a tune called The Cat. Thank you. 
Yeah. University 6. The cat. Sounds like a lot more than 6, but still. Ah, such great chromatics in that song, you know, and the great blending between the trumpet and the and the saxophone and all that. It's just good stuff. Good stuff. Very strong trombone player, too. All right. Another cut from the University 6. This is Zulu Whale. University 6. That's the third cut from the University 6. And the reason that that Zulu Whale is probably my favorite University 6 tune because it really, really highlights just how good Adrian Rolini is on the bass sax. I mean, you hear it in the bottom end, you know, giving it the full foundation, you know, to that intro. And then in the middle of the tune, he takes a solo, and it's just in the higher register, and it's just so beautiful. Uh, if you want, rewind the podcast. 
back to Zulu Whale and listen to it again. You could listen to it a hundred times. It's just that great. All right. So that gives you some inclination of the University 6 and just how similar they are to the California Ramblers because they're all the same band. Now we're going to turn the page and we're going to listen to the Varsity 8. See what I mean? Very similar. University 6, Varsity 8. You just add two. Same kind of band. So this first selection from the Varsity 8 is Steamboat Bill. All ashore, the storm ashore. Commanded by the pilot, Mr. Steamboat Bill. The owners gave him orders on the three QT. The flying beats are wrecking off the Robert E. Lee. Just beat up your fire, press the old smoke roll. Burn up all your cargo if you run out of coal. If we don't beat that record, Billy told the mate. Send my mail and care of Peter to the Golden Gate. Steamboat Bill, steaming down the Mississippi. Steamboat Bill, a mighty man will see. Steamboat Bill, steaming down the Mississippi. All the beats are ranking off the Robert E. Lee. Up and set the gambling man from Louisville. We'll try to get a bet against the whipple will. Billy flashed a roll, but surely was a bear. The boiler, it exploded, blew them up in the air. The gambler said to Billy as they left the wreck, I don't know where we're going, but we're neck and neck. Bill said to the gambler, tell you what I'll do. I'll bet another thousand, I'll go higher than you. Steamboat Bill, they're off to Mississippi. Steamboat Bill, the tide of Maine Square. Steamboat Bill, they're off to Mississippi. City 8 with Steamboat Bill. Now they've got harmonized vocals, so they're just threatening on, on all different levels now, right? If you're an up-and-coming group, everybody wanted this group. Everybody wanted to sign this group. They were really smart to tell Columbia to, to keep their royalties. So, another point that I'd like to make for Steamboat Bill is, did you hear how Adrian Rolini made his bass saxophone 
sound like a steamboat. That's just awesome. I mean, that's truly like sound effects, musical sound effects, you know, and it's so early in, in recorded jazz. That's just fantastic. All right. We got another track from the Varsity 8, and this is one of my absolute favorites as well. It's called San. Not Sand. Not S A N D, just S A N. And San has been recorded by tons of traditional jazz groups, etc. But this one is so exotic sounding. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> God, I love that track. There's just so many different elements in that recipe and that gumbo of sound. You have like the melody that sounds like it's being played like a Nagaswaram, you know, with like a snake charmer, right? And then you've got the the, the bass saxophone of Rolini just kind of popping those notes, you know, boom, 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 boom. 
Then you have Red Nichols coming in with that growling trumpet. So there's that kind of Harlem thing going on, you know? There's just so much great stuff. And then you have the in the background while the the you know the clarinets doing this Nagaswara melody thing, you have them taking on these very kind of classical double tonguing almost sort of techniques, going taka taka ta That's all in one record. So there you go. That's the majesty of the California Ramblers in all of their various forms. And in this particular form, it's the Varsity 8. So there you have it. All right. Now we're going to go to another, yet another, incarnation of the California Ramblers called The Five Birmingham Babies. And this track is called Go Emmeline. Birmingham Babies. 
yet another incarnation of the California Ramblers. And did you hear how Red Nichols was making his trumpet kind of sound like a like a horse whinny? I mean, that's kind of harkening all the way back to the original Dixieland Jazz Band. I mean, that was 1917 when the first record, the first jazz record, was recorded by the original Dixieland Jazz Band, and that was Livery Stable Blues, in which they portrayed barnyard animals. Now, notice this: this is the Birmingham, the five Birmingham babies, and they intentionally had more barnyard sounds, so it was a little bit more primitive for a jazz record. And they switched to a much more driving banjo background instead of like a, a rollicking kind of piano sound. So I think they were definitely trying to target multiple markets and, and try to get the, the southern listeners, jazz listeners, to buy their records. So there you have it. Crazy, crazy marketing. If you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure... To tell your friends about it, link it, you know, pass on the word, and check out the website. The website is drjazzpodcast, Dr. Jazz Podcast, all one word, dot wordpress, dot com. So we have the California Ramblers changing themselves into the University Six and changing themselves into the Birming, the five Birmingham babies, and now they're going to change themselves again. This next track is Slewfoot from 1927, and it is by a group called the Vagabonds. Thank you. 
The Vagabonds. Slewfoot from 1927. So, and I'm sure you had to have heard in that track Adrian Rolini being featured yet again. And now, Adrian Rolini really starts to kind of come into his own. He's really featured and he's he's really known as like a, a, a very important stable anchor member of this group no matter what face the California Ramblers take so up next you're going to get to hear him even more with yet another incarnation of the California Rambler California Ramblers and this time they kind of go back out west for a new name they call themselves the Golden Gate Orchestra so here's the old jazz standard After You've Gone by the Golden Gate Orchestra. <laughs> Thank you. 
damn, that's some great swing right there. And God, that that bass saxophone of Rollini. I mean, it always to me, it always comes back to Rollini. He's just moving that thing. He's like the the engine, you know. Well, up next from the Golden Gate Orchestra, we have a bit of the dramatic. Uh, this is this next tune is called Southern Rose, and you'll hear that the whole opening just kind of sounds like a almost like a Verdi opera or something, you know. Tell me, give me some feedback. Visit the website. Southern Rose, the Golden Gate Orchestra. <laughs> Southern Rose, the Golden Gate Orchestra. 
you see, that's that's just man, that's so different than some of these other songs that we've heard. That to me, that's one of the great parts about the California Ramblers as well. Besides the fact that they have, you know, I think they recorded what did I say earlier uh, under a hundred pseudonyms or something like that, you know. But the arrangements are really, really well done. Like Southern Rose has that dramatic beginning and then it goes right into the swinging, you know, and the hot jazz. And it's so different than the way they played After You've Gone or San or Zulu Whale or Show Me the Way to Go Home. That's what I think makes this group, the whole saga of the California Ramblers, truly interesting. I mean, it'd be one thing if every song sounded the same, but it's just different names. That's really not worthy, you know. Um, But this is really musical stuff. So I was impressed, and I hope to share that with you. So um, up next, a new incarnation the California Ramblers changed their name to the Little Ramblers. And this is In Your Green Hat. Now 
in your green hat. You're wonderful. And you all are wonderful. If you're listening to this podcast, thank you. Ah, the little ramblers. Another one. I'm going to try to get a bunch of these in here before, you know, our, our, our time is up is swamp blues. Now you just heard the little ramblers in you, in your green hat and you're about to hear something completely different in swamp blues. So put on your ears and get ready to go to the swamp. Totally different. Ah, oh, so great. You have the harmonica and the clarinet kind of featured. It's this kind of quasi-New Orleans kind of sound, you know? I mean, it's not as hot as, like, Sidney Bechet or Johnny Dodds or, you know, Jelly Roll or Louie or anything, but it's still got that kind of flavor, 
you know? And and it's totally different than In Your Green Hat, which is wonderful. And that's just the Little Ramblers, you know, which is just another incarnation of the California Ramblers. Ah, good stuff. All right. Well, now we're going to change faces again and go to the Goofus 5. And this is Vodododio Blues. Vodododio Blues. The Goofus Five with Voto Dodio Blues. Now, did you hear that instrument that kind of sounded like a kid's toy? That's actually a Goofus. They weren't just saying, hey, we're the Crazy Five. No, the Goofus is actually an instrument. It's also known as a 
quiznophone or a queenophone. And it's kind of like a reeded instrument, and it kind of resembles like a saxophone. And the reeds kind of vibrate when you kind of play, you know, when you press the keys and you blow through this tube, you know. It's kind of like a, a an accordion that you blow into, right? Like a, a melodica, you know. And it, it kind of sounds like an accordion, and, and it looks like a little, um, like a kid's toy, like a Fisher-Price kid's toy, you know. And... Um, <laughs> I mean, if you can imagine being called the Fisher Price Kids Toy Five, that's basically what they were doing. So, let it be known that the goofus is an actual instrument. And we've got another one called Alabama Bound by the Goofus Five. Alabama bound have to give some props to my home state so there you go Alabama bound the goofus five 
And our last selection is a selection by the Charleston Chasers. That's right. Yet another incarnation of the California Ramblers. The Charleston Chasers included not only Jimmy Dorsey, but Glenn Miller was in the Charleston Chasers for a time, Benny Goodman, Phil Napoleon, Miff Mole, Jack Teagarden, all these great, great musicians, you know, Pee Wee Russell. And um, so we're going to wrap up with this. This is The Five Pennies which is very fitting because Red Nichols, who I told you at the beginning of this podcast, would eventually, the trumpet player, Red Nichols, would eventually go on and start his own band called Red Nichols and the Five Pennies. So here is the Charleston Chasers with Red Nichols, and the song is called Five Pennies.
Ah, the Charleston Chasers. The Five Pennies, featuring Red Nichols on trumpet. Oh, and he would go on to make many, many, many great recordings. And there was a movie, a biopic, if you will, based on Red Nichols that starred Danny Kaye. And Danny Kaye played Red Nichols, and the movie was called The Five Pennies. And there's a great, great kind of jam scene with Louis Armstrong. And Louis Armstrong actually plays himself, and it's it's one of those movies worth watching. If you like the biopics like the Benny Goodman story and Glenn Miller's story and the Gene Krupa story and all those things, check out Danny Kaye in The Five Pennies. Well, thank you for going on the saga with me about the California Ramblers. And hopefully it was as interesting for you as it was for me. They are true. The California Ramblers are truly like the Lon Chaney of early jazz. You know, Lon Chaney was known as the man of a thousand faces. Well, the California Ramblers are the band of a thousand names. Whether that's the Vagabonds or the Goofus Five or the Charleston Chasers or the Five Birmingham Babies or the University Six or the Varsity Eight, the Golden Gate Orchestra. You know it's going to be good. Always know that the California Ramblers are a sure shot. So, thank you for listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. This was the California Ramblers Saga. And remember, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now. And in jazz, we trust. on a long white table so cold, so sweet, so bad.